throughout Britain, men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the industrial age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy. With your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jeff Yildiz. It's Powerful Nonsense time! How's it going, everybody? What's up, what's up, what's up? Yep. Yeah, boy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I watched too much Story Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do these. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, welcome to Powerful Nonsense. Yep, we've got a great interview lined up for you today. We certainly do. We are interviewing Mr. Sean Manaher of of the Cypreneur podcast. Yep, so a fellow podcaster, which is great. For the first time, I think. Yeah, we haven't had any other podcasters no. on before. No. no, so Sean Manaher, you get the I'm the first podcaster on this Powerful Nonsense sticker. Podcast collaboration going on it's here. Serious collaboration. Going love on. it. Love it. So, Shall Sean we... and his podcast. Yeah. So basically, Sean in this episode kind of talks about. We did talk about this in previous uh, podcast that we did about cyberpreneurship, but he obviously specialised this and speaks to a lot of entrepreneurs who are kind of maybe still in their day jobs, but kind of have a sort of side gig they're doing. And in his own story, he was doing the same thing. He was working like a nine to five corporate America job, and then he he basically got made redundant. But luckily, he had been working on that side gig. And that actually became his full-time gig in the end. And he talks about a lot of the sort of challenges faced kind of transitioning or kind of trying to fit a side gig around that sort of nine-to-five job and what learnings he learned and how he wants to sort of pass that on through his podcast, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we thought we'd get him on board, onto the podcast, yep. to talk about what he has learned through his own experiences and the experiences of others. And one thing I really liked is, like, his first side gig was all about sort of AdSense. I don't know if anybody knows about that, but most people say, I'm going to start a side gig or I'm going to start a website, and they think, first thing, I'm just going to put adverts on and see how it happens. It worked for Sean initially, but he also tells you why that might not work anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think there's loads of value in the episode. And, I mean, if you like what you hear from him, there is so much more of his own episodes, which we'll obviously link to on the blog. Absolutely. So I think, without further ado... Here he is, the Sean Manaher of Cypreneur Podcast. Hey Sean, uh, welcome to Powerful Nonsense. Um, do you want to start by introducing yourself to our listeners? Yeah, so I'm Sean Manaher. I run a podcast called Sidepreneurs, which aims to help individuals that are wanting to launch a side business, uh, learning to uh, learn how to do it, learn how to launch, grow, and monetize that business, launch, grow, and grow that business until they can move into full-time entrepreneurship. So we love to educate and connect with people uh, about that, and that is Sidepreneurs.com. And uh, yeah, so that's my podcast. Podcast. really loving it fabulous and um i noticed that you've over the years built several businesses do you want to just kind of touch on those a little bit yeah absolutely so i can give you the longer story of it or i can give you the abbreviated but uh, we'll start with long and see where we go from there. <laughs> so guys you know what really happened is six years ago my wife April was uh, getting her master's in education and uh, she was working at the same company that I was working for an energy company actually owned by British Gas Direct Energy mm-hmm. and so we were both working at this energy company she decided to get her education degree a master's in education so at home 
I had a choice. I could either become really good at video games or I could do what I really wanted to do, which is launch and start a new business. And so I, I, I opted for the latter and I said, okay, so now let's figure out how do you launch what the heck's this business stuff? I don't even know. <laughs> and so I uh, went to my resources that I knew, a bunch of people that were online playing video games. And I was like, dude, you play a lot of video games. How do you do this? And uh, <laughs> he, he was like, well, you know, I, I'm doing this affiliate income. I was like, affiliate what? He's like, yeah, I do affiliate income and I do Google AdSense and I do all this passive income. And I was like, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. And so I uh, kind of picked his brain a little bit. He saw that I was really interested in I, and I was applying my you know, learning. I was going out and researching and would come back to him and we'd play the video game a little bit and talk about uh, the, the uh, passive income stuff. And so after a certain point, I was like, you know, I need to pull the plug you know, and, or shoot the gun, pull the plug, whatever you want to say and make this happen and so he he pointed me in a direction uh, of a website called the keyword academy which was run by at the time mark butler and courtney tuttle and so in their community they really taught me how to do internet marketing in the focus back six years ago i i'm not sure if you guys were in in passive income but back then it was really like easy to make money online. It was super easy. And it may be easier today in terms of being able to get products launched and whatnot, but it's not nearly as easy as it was six years ago. And so what I was doing is I was creating content on websites that would I would then put Google AdSense ads on there. And when somebody would click on those ads, I would make money. So the first month, I made like a hundred bucks. The second month I made 200, 300, 400, up to $1,500 a month. So this is like seriously passive income, but not really because I was working my tail off trying to figure it out. And so during that period of time, I was like, you know what? I don't, I mean, I'm writing my fingers off. Like I can't <laughs> write any faster than I can. And so I said, Hey, you know, maybe I can find a writer. So I found a writer that had some extra time. They gave me a set rate of how much they were going to pay or charge me for the content that they were right. So I was like, why don't I leverage their time for their ability and I'll pay them a good rate. And so I paid them. They gave me some content. I posted it on. I started making more money. I found another writer, found another writer. I was like, man, this is really good. I'm like <laughs> figuring this stuff out. I'm making some money off of it. Really Becoming scaling. more and more passive. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, but then at the same time, this aha light bulb, this like stroke of genius in some ways was like, you know what? Why don't I leverage their time? And I'll try to find clients. Like I'll try to find other people that want this content writing. And so in October of 2009, yeah, that was a wow, that's a while ago. October <laughs> 2009, I started a company called The Content Authority, where on one side we had writers and on the other side we had clients. And we started building it with five writers. Then we had 20 writers. Then we had 100 writers. Right now we have 8,000 writers that wow. write over close to 10,000 pieces of content every month for businesses, individuals, agencies, marketers who are looking for content for their websites, whether that's ebooks, whether that's white papers, whether that's blogs, whether that's social media snippets, whether that is ebook courses, like you name it, any kind of content that's in text format, we write and uh, we do it through the content authority. And so that really was what kicked my 
success off. Aside from that passive income, it was really the content authority that really launched things for me. One thing I want to go back on just before we get to all that success is like, how did you know something had to change? Because obviously you was doing like a full-time job at British Gas. Like, what was all happening in your mind? What was you thinking at the time for why you kind of was going off to pursue this sort of um, online business? Yeah, so I... I'm a process guy and I was uh, the role that I was in was very process oriented so I really felt like a cog in the machine and I made that cog I was the good cog I mean I put my <laughs> head down when I worked I worked and and quite honestly between me and you and all the millions of people listening into this <laughs> podcast um, I was really good at it and but at the same time while I was cogging away, while I was clicking and you know doing all this stuff for pricing uh, for this energy company, um, I was really bored in my mind. So my mind would wander into things that I thought, you know what, I wonder if I started my own business. I wonder if I had the, the chops and the ability to really make this work. And I didn't know, honestly. I, I, I had no clue that I was going to start this passive income stuff and it was going to take off. I had no clue that I was going to start this uh, content authority stuff and it was going to take off. It really in many ways was an accident but there were I mean maybe there are some things in there that I could pull out to say you know these are some of the personality traits that I had that made it a success but overall it was kind of a surprise but the reason really why I wanted to start it was I was bored I was like dying my mind was dying working for somebody else and, and just pushing buttons and you mentioned um, earlier as well and this kind of jumped out at me that you found that it was a lot easier in 2009 to make online passive income than it is now. What do you think is it that's that's particularly changed? So in the particular tactic that I was operating in and many of the tactics that early on are easy and then they change is that the sources or the resources for the income realize that there are a lot of times and I'll, I'll admit is that the way in which I was building my passive income wasn't very smart it was kind of like I'm gonna I'm gonna put up content that is good but it wasn't amazing it's content that was valuable but it wasn't really like the best value as possible and so from a quality standpoint it really wasn't there and so I think what ends up happening for in this particular case Google AdWords and in that that uh, passive income option it changed when Google started to update the algorithms to make it very much more difficult for individuals who were in, in, in a lot of ways manipulating the search results by building links and yeah, black hat marketing links. going on <laughs> yeah the black hat and us people who you know did it, it wasn't black hat it was kind of gray you know? <laughs> <laughs> anything outside of you know anything outside of pure white is black <laughs> I mean it's like it absolutely is and so I you know I was kidding myself thinking that this was a good tactic and and that tactic changed and, and it's no different than uh, Amazon Kindle ebooks right uh, 2011 you know the heyday of becoming a self-published author was excuse me was the you know the time in which Amazon results were very t very much tied to free ebook downloads and so before it was almost like a one-to-one -one relationship that if you had a thousand downloads 
Amazon looked at that as almost like a thousand sales. Now that has since changed and it's much harder to become a self-published success on Amazon. It's not impossible, but you have to be smarter about it. And so I think Amazon, Google, and these other uh, platforms that people were making a lot of money from very easily and passively have have changed and they say well we're going to change our own algorithms and now it's a competition of you know humans versus robots and we know where that goes <laughs> um, I mean initially you said you started out with like niche websites me and Wayne have done talks and we've actually spoke to like a few like young entrepreneurs and that's the first thing they sort of say they're like I want to write a blog and then I just want to slap some ads on it and I want to I don't know yeah add this sort of Google AdSense onto it like yeah why do you think people have this sort of mentality or when people think about online marketing or starting a business online, the first thing they first thing they think about is, OK, I want to do as little as possible and hope that's all people come. Like, what would you tell to people now? Obviously, things have changed a lot. But what would you say to them? I think as humans, we are inherently lazy. Like, I, I really think that I think that we're lazy. We're trying to find the easy way out because, you know, what? honestly, building a business that's going to succeed is not easy. And so if you really want to find ways in which to make money online, I, I think the initial take is that it's going to, I want to find something that's easy because quite, you know, the reason why we're looking in for things that are easy to do and simple is because we have very, you know, we're pulled at all areas of our lives. We're working full-time. We have relationships that require full-time focus. We have so many pressures in our lives these days. The technology is moving faster than other. We have to adapt and almost reinvent ourselves every year because we're, there's this competitiveness in the, the, the world today that there's this sense of urgency. And I think that people are tired. And so they want to find something that's super easy and super um, simple to do that is not going to take them, uh, you know, a, another 10 years to figure out in order to make that money. Um, and you're talking about, obviously, the amount of time that it does take to kind of get a successful business kind of up and running. Yeah. Um, which I think all three of us have felt over time. Um, how would you advise people go about sort of validating their ideas before they kind of put in that amount of time commitment? Yeah, so finding finding the best idea ever, and there's a resource that I created specifically around this idea of finding the best idea ever, uh, <laughs> is about saying, you know what, let's first let's first brainstorm. Let's figure out what are the skills and passions that I have, what's, what's the passionate things that you're thinking about day in and day out that you're like, I really love this. And you're, you're trying to assess initially and brainstorm of all the ideas potentially that you could build for a business. And, and quite honestly, like if you're starting out and you're saying, yeah, I want to start a business online. And if you're like me six years ago, you're like, hey, you know, my situation allows me to have 15 hours a week where I can really devote towards building a business. Initially brainstorm, what are you passionate about? What do you just love to do? Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's playing poker. Maybe it is reading books. Maybe it is uh, talking to people about podcasting, whatever it is. Is, find out what you're passionate about and what keeps you up at night, not in a bad way, but in a good way. Maybe 
you're really into adoption, maybe you're really into helping homeless people, and maybe you're into helping people find jobs, maybe there's that social side of you, whatever it might be, find what you're passionate about, find what you are interested in when everything else is pushed to the side and you have free time, what do you like to do? And that's one area and brainstorm around, okay, are there any business opportunities within that? The other side is your skills. Like every one of us, like every one of us, as much as we uh, downplay our skills, as much as we may not think we have skills and abilities, the things that you find easy in life may be the very skills that will allow you to build a business. And so assess your skills to see, you know, maybe you're really good at public speaking. Or maybe you're really good at relationships and connecting with people. Maybe you have a skill set that's very specific around um, learning how to, you know, marketing. What about taking the skills that you're doing at your job, that is that job that you hate, <laughs> why not look at that as, as an opportunity to brainstorm around business ideas that you can do? And that to me at least is the start of figuring out what a good idea is in launching your business. So we can go into some other things that we talk about in, in launching a business, but that to me, you gotta brainstorm. You have to figure it out and throw out everything. You know, may, you know give yourself a goal um, of just outlining 25 business ideas. Like not detailed, but just like high level. Okay, so maybe you like to write, so maybe a business idea is to become a writer. It's very possible today to to write and publish in a very quick manner of time compared to what it used to be. So what, what about becoming a writer and, and then go from there? I want to quickly just go back because I think our listeners are probably listening to see you saying, oh, I was earning 1500 a month in the end with my Google Ads. And they're probably thinking, great, I'm going to do that. I'm going to sign up to that course. I mean, I know from listening to your podcast myself that that didn't go as well as you hoped. Obviously, there was a few things, issues you had yourself with your personal health and being yeah. busy after being so busy. Could you tell us a little bit about, well, maybe people might reconsider that? In terms of the of what my lifestyle became because of trying to do too much? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was, man, it was like four years ago, no, three years ago. I was building my business. I was doing the passive income thing. I was doing the content authority. I was working full time. And, and oftentimes when you find success either personally on your personal side or professional side, you will become even busier. Uh, in in life, that is success. I believe breeds success, and success follows success. So, if you're finding personal success, you're going to get very busy in your your business career as well, or your professional career as well, and vice versa. Um, and I I maybe in thinking about some things about why that is the case, but in either case, I became very busy. Um, I, I started, to, you know, the content authority was going, the passive income stuff was going. Um, they at work uh, saw that I was uh, becoming more efficient at my job. And so they thought, hey, you're also doing this online marketing stuff. And, and you know, because I was very vocal about sharing about my business, I was kind of thinking, hey, why don't I just tell everybody? Because that's my personality, just I'll let you know everything. <laughs> and so um, I got very busy because they moved me into management. And I was probably, at the end of the day, I was probably working 80, 90 hours a week between everything. And I started to 
get these phantom pains on the on the side and i started to uh feel numbness in my hands and my feet and my head and i mean i was really starting to feel something wrong in my body and january of of that year of, of 2000 boy it was 2012 yeah 2012 i had to go see a doctor uh, because there was something wrong i was feeling like quite literally i thought i was dying uh, because there was just there was pain, I wasn't sleeping maybe four or five hours a night, and um, the doctors put me under uh, to run tests. I had to have some crazy tests uh, going on. They did all this blood work, and at the end of the day, they said, "There's nothing wrong with you. You have you're uh, you're under too much stress." And I didn't think that being under that much stress would really impact me that much. But it really did. And at that moment, I had to make a decision whether or not I was going to pursue and, and continue to be in corporate America or I was going to pursue my business. And at that moment, that moment, I was like, something has to give. And I said, you know, I'm going to give up on the corporate job and go full time as an entrepreneur. Uh, I mean, I'm massively into fitness myself. And do you think that like, because I, I totally believe that the body kind of gives off signals when it thinks you're kind of doing the wrong thing. But I mean, a lot oh, yeah. of people sit in the office, they've got that fat belly or they're feeling <laughs> tired all the time. They, they wake up in the morning, they feel more tired. And yeah. it's kind of I, I believe it's the body sort of saying like it's trying to keep you in bed so you don't go and inflict that sort of sabotage on yourself going to a job you hate or it tries to just keep you away from the thing that inside you don't like, but you feel you need to get to. Do, would you agree with that? Absolutely. And uh, Jim, I think that what that your body is your your it's your radar of how things are going in your life. And if you treat it well, it's going to treat you well and and vice versa. Right. And so I've recently been testing um, my sleep schedule and, and I've recently been doing a lot of like tracking of my time and just this weird stuff to try and, you know, really define, you know, what am I doing? What's important and, and wh how can I become more efficient in all these silly things. And so I uh, have been tracking my time. Uh, I was getting eight hours of sleep. Uh, and then I said, well, why don't I try seeing what happens when I get six hours of sleep? And so I just measured for over a week or two week period of time, my energy, my output of work. And I realized that at six hours of time, even though I was having more time in the day, I wasn't as effective and efficient. My brain was cloudy. I wasn't really on point. So I was like, okay, so if six hours isn't, and I want to try, how about seven? So I tried seven hours of, uh, of sleep and gave that for a couple of weeks. And man, that was like the optimal, like where eight hours, like I was waking up and I was like, ah, this is, you know, I, I could have, you know, woken up earlier. Seven hours for me, was like, that's it. And so from a sleep standpoint, I figured out that seven works for me. But outside of that, that's sleep. When last year, I was at my heaviest weight uh, ever. I was 220 pounds. And I was really feeling, I was full-time entrepreneur. I was doing, it was feeling good about that. But I wasn't feeling good about myself, nor was I feeling like I had the energy. And so last year, I decided, you know what, it's time to uh, get straight about this uh, healthy living. And so I, I went to a doctor, a chiropractor, uh, through an organization called Maximize Living. And my wife and I, we decided we're going to get 
healthy. We're going to get our nervous system healthy. We're going to get our eating healthy. We're going to get our exercise healthy. And we really decided at that moment, unlike, unlike most of the time when we listen to doctors, uh, we listen to them and we say, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll follow what you're saying. Well, this time I actually did. And the, <laughs> the results have been really amazing. So in that period of time, I've gone from 220 to 170. So dropped 50 pounds in the last year. My energy level like I, I was pretty energetic back then but my energy level is like through the roof and where and while I don't like to have to work 15 16 hour days if I need to work 15 16 hour days like I'm there like I don't get a 3 p.m. slump I don't get, get a slump at 7 o'clock I mean I'm running throughout the entire day and have a lot of energy and really feel good about myself and that does you know that translates into that positive energy and people feeling like, hey, you know, there's a connection there because now I have energy to give to other people where before I was just focused on me. And you obviously, I mean, we talk talking a lot really about about the kind of balance of lifestyle because being an entrepreneur, it's yeah. a tough balance to, to get right. Um, and being a sidepreneur, even more so. Um, so what sort of advice would you give to people that are sidepreneurs? Um, they are finding that they're burning out and things like that. What, what advice would you give to those? So in, in getting things kicked off for a sidepreneur, I actually advise giving yourself a specific time frame to make it or, or try something new. Uh, and I, what I mean by that is I would recommend that you don't give yourself any more than 18 months to moving from this sidepreneur until full-time entrepreneurship. And while some people may want to be sidepreneurs forever because they just love the job that they're in that that put that aside but for those that are like I want to be a sidepreneur so that I ultimately come can become a full-time entrepreneur then I would say give yourself 18 months and give yourself a set period of time or a set period of tasks that you need to do in order to meet your goal so if you need to to make 5000 pounds uh, a month for uh, your for your business or $5,000, whatever it is, then you need to kind of back in to figure out, well, how much am I going to make per client? How much is that per client going to be worth? How long is that client going to last? And then you kind of have to do some basic math that says, okay, I need 100 clients that make me uh, $500 uh, or 100 clients that make me $50, 5000 Okay, there we go. I can do this with 50 clients at $100 a month. Okay, I can do this. Um, that planning is really one of the first steps in the process. First, give yourself a goal of a time frame. Second would be giving specific goals that you need to do in order to accomplish that goal. And then what I would really boil things down to is both weekly and daily tasks. That is, what are the large things that you need to do on a weekly basis? And what are the things that you need to do on a daily basis so that you can meet your goals on a one month or one year, or 18 month time frame? So right. Obviously, um, a lot of our audience as well, they might get to the point where they have an idea, but I think one of the most difficult things is actually like believing yourself that you can even start that whole planning process. Most mm -hmm. of the time, they sort of straight away talk themselves out of it. Like, oh, that won't work for me. That works for other people who do the Google ads. That works for someone else who has a, has a business idea. Like, do you have any advice on sort of just fighting those demons initially just so you actually start the at least the planning work or taking that one hour out in the evening? 
So one of the things that for me that really helps me to uh, get in the right mindset, because we are human and we are faulty and we uh, really focus a lot of times, the majority of folks focus on, you know, I can't do this. Uh, It's called like the imposter syndrome that you really can't do it, that somebody else is better and and they have more skills. And there's this whole, like just this side of us that we doubt ourselves. And and, and I believe that's a human trait. It's, I believe, because we're just broken, right? And so in moving beyond our brokenness in our mindset, I believe there's a couple things that I do. Number one, as I meditate uh, in the morning. So that is, for me, I pray and I give devotion to to God and I uh, really try and listen uh, and, and understand what he has for my life. And so in, un, in doing that, um, in, in meditating, in, in praying and seeking, uh, seeking God for me, is that I'm able to really understand who I am in the context of the universe. And when, for me, if I understand like, and truly believe what, what God says about my life, then I really don't have anything to worry about. If he, if he says in, in, in to me that I'm important to him, then if I fail <laughs> in this world, you know, but I understand that he values me, then really my confidence goes through the roof because I understand who I belong to. I understand what he has to say about my life. The other thing in in doing this is to be quite honest, be honest. You know, a lot of times we try to fake it. You know, we try to fake, hey, I'm super positive. You know, everything's great. But honestly, just be honest. You know, if things aren't going well, embrace the fact that things are not going well. But then in that embracing it, realize that there are always solutions. There are always solutions to the problems that we have. If we just take a little bit of time, meditate on it, think about it, um, and get ourselves out of that. The other thing is, you know, those people that you surround yourself with – those individuals that you're around on a daily basis, uh, you are going to be influenced by them. And so if you notice that everybody around you uh, tends to be negative, uh, then more than likely you're going to be a negative person as well. And that's not to say that being negative and talking about struggles and pains is something to avoid. I I used to be very much like, don't talk about negative things. Don't talk about because there's this energy and all that sort of thing. Quite now, I'm not so much like that. But at the same time, if you are associating with yourself with individuals who are always negative, that woe is me, things are not going to work out. More than likely, things are not going to work out. And so, I would find people, seek people out, and even ask, like in 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 asking, hey man, I really want to find people who are. Uh, really positive, really successful, you will find them because you're beginning to look for them. I don't, I don't know if you've ever done this where you're you're talking about like, oh man, I really want that red car, uh, the Ferrari. It's a really amazing car. And then all of a sudden you see them everywhere. You're like, oh wow, there's one there and there's one there. And then, or if you buy a, a new iPhone and you're like, 
oh my gosh, everyone has my iPhone. Where is it? It's because you are, you, you're activating something in your brain that allows you to become more aware of that. And the same thing of finding people who are going to be positive and have an influence in your life in a, in a positive direction. If you are seeking for it, you will find it. You truly will. That's what Ty Lopez, I think it's the availability bias, isn't it? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so gosh, time is flying by. Um, and there's so many things we haven't talked about. Uh, one thing I want to ask you, um, cause obviously you've spoken to a lot of, uh, successful entrepreneurs through your own podcast. Um, what's one of the common sort of themes that you see in entrepreneurs that are a success? Focus. Uh, John Lee Dumas talks about it as, as the acronym, follow one course until success in those that are most successful. So there's kind of two levels. There's the somebody who's a success and they become a full-time entrepreneur. And I, I absolutely say that's a success. That's a something to applaud. That is something to shout out that you made it. And you're no longer having to work for somebody else. That is amazing. But then there's a second level of success. And that second level of success is the, those individuals that take that skill set that they're learning and really focus in on it. Like John Lee Dumas really focusing in on podcasting, really focusing in on content development like Chris Brogan, really focusing in on Facebook marketing like Amy uh, Porterfield really focusing on Pinterest like Cynthia Sanchez. So all of these really top name, amazing entrepreneurs, what did they do? They weren't broad. They were very focused to what they want to do. And then like once you find that you're becoming even more successful, become even, you know, drill down even further into that niche and then offer products and services that complement what you already know. I was just talking to, I'm in a mastermind this week with a good friend of mine, Chris Dreyer from attorneyrankings.org, and he's an amazing lawyer, search engine optimization expert. And one of the things that we're talking about for, for even his, for his business is for him to become really amazing uh, and, and get, get more success beyond what he's already seen, niching down further into what he knows. So maybe he needs to create a course, maybe he needs to create a podcast that's specific to lawyer search engine optimization. So maybe it's for for whatever business that you are starting with and you're really, really getting to know it, don't find something new that you have to relearn. Find something that you know and really drill into it. So, Sean, if you were actually back in a nine-to-five, say you're back in corporate America and you know what you know now and you've been wanting to make that transition into um, cypreneurship or entrepreneurship, how would you play it now? So right now I would... <laughs> I would figure out what my passions and skills are. Like seriously, I would I would repeat exactly what I had said. First, find out the passions and skills that I that I would want to do, and then quickly I would find and listen to the audience of of those passions and skills. Like the pro, ultimately the idea that I come up with, I want to find who that individual is that I want to target, and really drill into who they are as an individual. Then I would find the pain point that they have. Have, then I would build a product around that pain point. Excuse me. Then I would find the pain point, ask them to validate that pain. That is, tell me that this is their pain. So I'd have conversations with them. I would then build a free opt-in uh, course or a, a webinar that would pre-sell that product to them so that I don't have to build anything until I have money in the bank. 
Cool, great good stuff. Um, so we're going to have to start wrapping up now. We're short on time, but we've got a few things which we ask every guest. Uh, so first one is, is there any particular book that you have read which has been a real game changer for you that you'd recommend to our listeners? So I'll give you one. Uh, it's uh, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Uh, and The Slight Edge is all about understanding that in golf, the difference between somebody being number 20 ranked in the world and the difference between somebody being ranked number one is like one and a half strokes. Like it's one and a half strokes is the difference. And and so the slight edge is really about gaining that slight edge. You know, Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson talked about the only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be. And by doing things just every day that give you that slight advantage over somebody else is allowing you to become more of a success than somebody else. So what do I do for me? This boils down to identifying five areas or five things every day that I can do in my health, my relationships, my business that are going to give me the slight edge. And coupled with that, the slight edge is re- is the compound effect by Darren Hardy. And when you think of the slight edge with a compound effect, it really helps you to understand that you can become a amazing success and better than everybody else because you're just applying the simple things on a daily basis all right obviously our podcast is called uh, powerful nonsense so we have two questions that we ask all our guests <laughs> the, f- the first question is uh, what's the most powerful piece of advice you've ever been given and the second one is what's the biggest load of nonsense you've ever heard so the most powerful advice I really think has been focus, uh, what John Lee Dumas had talked about in, in doing a coaching session with him. He really talked about making sure that you follow one course until success because oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we have the shiny, uh, shiny object syndrome and we're like, <laughs> ooh look at that. That's really cool. And I could make money from that. Well, you could make money with a lot of things, but when you focus, you can make a whole lot more money. And the dumbest advice ever given to me, man, that's a tough one. (laughs) I would say, I think it's the self-talk in, 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 I'll just internalize this for me because I can't recall somebody telling me this specifically, but this idea that I can't do it, that's a, that's a bunch of junk. Like seriously, like this idea, whether it's my own self-talk or somebody that doubts uh, and is, is verbalizing, uh, oh man, you'll never be able to do that. You'll never become something that you want to become. Um, that's just junk because uh, you can do anything. Like, like as humans, we have such a capacity to like destroy ourselves. <laughs> and at the same time, we have such a, su- a capacity to build ourselves up and do something that we've never done. And I believe that we have the potential to do almost anything that we want to do. Cool. Good stuff. I just want to say on the, on the base of focus, a lot of people lose focus. And how do you get back on? Because I mean, I know when you say stick to one thing, people kind of have those ups and downs, those peaks where they're, they're really into their business and they fall away. How do you yeah. make sure that you stay on that sort of path where you're keeping that consistent focus? So the consistent focus in just staying on path is really about accountability. Uh, the, so there is a stat. I love stats. So there's a stat. Um, 35% of, uh, so if you want to accomplish a goal, I, I don't know if you guys knew this, but if you want to accomplish a goal, you're 35% likely if you write it down, which is really amazing. Like that's fantastic. But if you write it down 
and then tell somebody about it, you are 75% likely of succeeding with it. And the reason why I bring that up is that in, in business, you are going to have ups and downs. But I would say is that the best way to keep yourself on task is to be accountable to other people. That is, let people know, hey guys, you know what I want to make this year? Like, honestly, this is honestly, I want to make $250,000. Like, that's my goal. I, I'm putting out there to the world that that's what I want, want to make. Mm-hmm. I've been telling myself since January 15th, that's my goal. And every morning I speak it out loud. I say, this is, I'm going to earn $250,000 by 1231, 2015. I'm going to do it by giving six days a week, 14 hours a day. I'm going to do this by building my Sidepreneurs podcast at 10,000 daily downloads to earn $25,800 in monthly income. Like, Tell yourself that, but then tell other people that. It's funny because I actually listened to a TED talk that actually said the opposite, actually, because a TED talk was saying that by sometimes telling yourself or telling other people what you're going to achieve, you get your brain actually gives you like a little dump of pleasure as if you've actually achieved it. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if that relates in, but I guess it works both ways. I guess sometimes you get a bit of pleasure, but maybe that pleasure is enough desire and, oh, people are actually proud of me if I do do that. So it kind of gives you enough oomph to carry on. And the other side of that, you know, I I think that's right. I think that would be correct because if I didn't have the other component built into my life, and and this is what I've been really striving towards most recently, is to really identify the tasks that are going to get me there. There's that dopamine, like we get ourselves all hyped up as entrepreneurs of the possibility of like, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. But if you don't do like what the slight edge talks about and what the compound effect talks about, but by daily identifying tasks that you need to do to accomplish your goal, you're never going to get there and you're going to be living on this false sense of reality, this false high, which I think is exactly what that TED Talk would would be talking about. Great. So we're going to have to wrap up, unfortunately. Again, so know, much I stuff like that we just really skimmed the surface. Um, <laughs> but, but thank you for, for, I mean, there's some great stuff in there. So thank you for that. Um, where can folks get in contact with you if they wish to? Absolutely, guys. And I just want to say thank you, Wayne and Jim, for having me on your podcast. This has been a load of fun, and I really appreciate you inviting me here. And for people to contact me, uh, my name is Sean Manaher, S-H-A-W-N-M-A-N-A-H-E-R. Not a lot of us around, so Sean Manaher is probably the only one you're going to find. <laughs> and actually, which is really cool to know that like in the entire world, there is only one Sean Manaher. That is pretty cool. That blows my mind. (laughs) Yes. And so uh, with that, Sean Manaher, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, LinkedIn, and then Sidepreneurs. You can find us on Facebook, Google Plus, LinkedIn. And yeah, that's where you can find me. All over the place, basically. (laughs) Yeah, all over the place. And uh, with that, you know, I want to let your audience know that I have created this checklist to help individual Sidepreneurs, entrepreneurs that are looking to figure out their best idea, what the strategies are for them to move forward with their idea, and then the tactics to move ahead with that strategy. And so they can go to sidepreneurs.com slash checklist, and they can download that free guide at sidepreneurs.com slash checklist. Great stuff. That's great. We'll put that in the show notes as well, so everybody can find it there as well. Sean, is there any sort of last message or something that you feel like you just need to tell our audience or you just didn't get around to telling them? No, I, I think that we all... We all have this potential uh, within us. We all have this 
um, this spark of ideas that are internally within us. And if we, if you can identify what that is, that's really going to get you juiced up and keep you going on a daily basis. Move forward with that. Like, don't wait around. Why wait another day on the opportunity to truly transform your life? And, and I know that it was kind of like on a whim, like that my wife was going to, uh, she's starting her education and you're going back to that and say, I have a choice. I have a choice of either playing video games or doing something I've always wanted to do, start a business. At that moment, I don't, I don't even, didn't even realize that I would be on Wayne and Jem's podcast six years <laughs> later because I made that that choice and that decision. And at the end of the day, we true, it, it really is boiled down to choices. And then moving forward with those those ideas that we have. You're a very lucky man to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, guys. <laughs> well, Sean, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's been great, and I'm sure we'll probably get you on again at some point because, as we say, we've barely scratched the surface on some of this. So, so thank you very much, Sean. And, yeah, thank you for giving that checklist. I'm sure our audience is going to find that super valuable. It's been a pleasure, guys. Cool. Cheers. Take care, mate. That... Ladies and jelly spoons <laughs> was Sean Manor. Yep. Yes, it was. What yeah. did you think, Mr. Jem? Yeah, no, I thought it was really great stuff. I mean, as I say, we've spoke a lot about cypreneurship, so it's mm -hmm. really great to hear from someone who's really taken it to the next level. He's kind of set up several businesses, mm -hmm. and it all started from that first side gig. Yeah, and what an awesome guy starting out going on down the old video game route. I know. I was like, damn, if only I'd thought of that <laughs> way back when, I could have made a wedge on Google Ads. I always say it to my friends, I'm like, why didn't we record ourselves playing like, uh, you know, like, what was it not called, like Counter-Strike when you uh -huh. was younger, or uh -huh. playing like um, Halo, it's not Halo, yeah, or even Halo, all mm -hmm. those sort of games that you could have just started videoing yourself playing, and now as you see on Makes YouTube, so they're just like money. blowing up. Crazy stuff. I could make money playing video games, man. My little brother does. I feel, I feel like that's the tragedy of my life right now that I'm not making money <laughs> it's never too late to start Wayne. it's never too late to start yeah what's that what's that proverb the best time to plant a tree was yesterday the second best time is now good advice Wayne solid advice you just told the nation to start sitting on their ass and play computer games <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> cool so so that's another episode in the can Oh, we need like a sound effect, like <laughs> yeah, that thing, <laughs> like a little grenade being thrown. Yeah, when we're more high tech, we're gonna actually have sound effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for now, but for now, you're gonna have to wait. <laughs> but, but if you do want to speed up the process mm -hmm. of us putting in sound effects, we're not just gonna ask for money, are we? We're not gonna ask for money. No, 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 no. We're just asking for a little bit of exposure, social support, social support. Because the more social support we have the more money we can put into the show. And the bigger our egos. And the bigger our egos. And I love a good big ego. Oh. <laughs> That's not a euphemism. Um, so, yes. all we ask is, this week, you head on over to Twitter. Twitteroo, as you like to call it. Twitteroo. Uh, type in at pn underscore podcast. That is the one. I nearly forgot then. <laughs> uh, type in that. Hit the follow button. Mm -hmm. And send us a tweet. Yes, and we also have a episode. No, an episode. We also have a question of the episode. Yes, we do. And that particular question is, what is 
or was holding you back from starting your side gig and tweet us using the hashtag Cypreneurs. Perfectly simple. Do it. Perfectly simple. Get on that. Get on that. Cool. So that's all. That is. We will see you over on Twitters. See you soon. Bye.